Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back in today. We are talking wide receivers, the ones that you have to have. We've done the rankings now for wide receivers. We've gone 1 through 12. I'll have a top 20 video out soon. We did all this stuff for the running back position, must-haves, ones that you shouldn't be drafting. We'll have some breakout players, some bounce-back players coming shortly. But now we have the wide receivers and the ones that you have to have coming into your fantasy drafts. And it, no, 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 it, it's, it's not the, the top five overall. It's not the top six guys overall. We're not telling you right now that you have to have Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams. We're not talking about the guys who are the obvious ones. I'm talking about ADP value, guys that are just by far not being taken where they need to be taken. Just think about guys like Chris Godwin last year. Godwin finishes second overall fantasy points per game at the wide receiver position, and he's going at the beginning of the summer, and really at this point, May, in like the sixth round of of drafts, seventh round maybe, and then you're getting him to start to creep up into once August comes around and people start to catch up to things, like the third and fourth round. So I understand that your friends might not want to be doing fantasy football leagues right now, but just do some mock drafts to get ahead of them in an idea if you're in leagues with just your friends and family or just go online to a bunch of different sites and start just drafting best ball leagues for actual money right now or whatever league you might want to do because you're going to get guys that I'm going to say in this video two, three rounds earlier than you probably should. You don't have to reach that far for them, which means you could pick up even more talent in those rounds. Just reach around ahead, maybe two if you really want to secure a player that you like, and you're still going to build a very good lineup, whereas people are just going to leave this stuff on the board. Like Kenny Galladay right now, he's not going to be in this video because he's a top eight wide receiver for me. He's my number seventh overall. If you looked at the rankings video, check it out. But I'm getting Kenny Galladay right now in like the fourth round of 12 team drafts with like the, the 50th overall pick. It's absolutely insane. Like he's a top eight wide receiver for me. I'd be fine taking him at the end of the second round within my top 25 picks. So it's wild right now in the value that you can get. Even if you were watching this later on into the summer, these players are not going to hit the value that they need to in drafts. It's just not going to happen in time. So be sure, be sure to tune in and get through these next five players. I'm going to give a couple honorable mentions as well throughout this video. So take your shoes off, make yourself comfortable, get yourself something nice to drink, get yourself some coffee if you want to, whatever you might have to do. Relax. This is your time right now. Let's dedicate this time to you. We're going to get into the must have wide receivers. Question of the day for you. Would you rather have Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay in a PPR format? Let me know down below for this specific season, a redraft format, Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay. A big old subscribe button just popped up on the screen. Take a few seconds. If you have not seen my content yet, if you get any value from this video, hit the subscribe button. If you have seen my content yet and you have yet to subscribe, please take a few seconds. It's totally free to do so. It allows me to reach more people. It might be exactly how I got to reach you by somebody else hitting the subscribe button, notification bell, like button, do all those things. Greatly, greatly appreciate all of you. So what do you say we get on into this video, starting with the Alabama product himself, who lines up across from another Alabama product in Julio Jones, down in Atlanta, the Dirty Birds, Calvin, Calvin Ridley, playing last year, 13 games. He missed the final three games of the season. He played on 80.9% of the snaps. He had 63 receptions, 866 yards, and seven touchdowns on 93 targets. He sported a 17.7% target share and 13.1% red zone target share. Now, those numbers as a wide receiver two in an offense where they also had a top six and a borderline top five fantasy tight end in Austin Hooper are not going to really pop out and stand out to you all that much. His 17.7% is actually going to result in a lot more volume generally outside of the percentage itself compared to a lot of other receivers seeing around the 17 or 18 percent target share because Atlanta threw the most times per game last year at 45.9 per game. He averaged 15 fantasy points per game, ended up being a top 18 wide receiver in that department last year. He had a catch rate of 67.7% on the 23rd ranked target accuracy coming his way. So right around average, if not a little bit below average. But the stuff I want to focus on for a lot of these receivers, especially Calvin Ridley, is what happened towards the end of the year before he got hurt. His final five regular season games, he was sporting a 22% target share. He was becoming a better fantasy player during that time than Julio Jones. 
66.6 yards per game. He was not running out of the slot much, which was Mohamed Sunu's role. Even when Mohamed Sunu was ended up shipped out to New England, they put Russell Gage in there. Saw about 11. 0.7% slot snaps last year. But in those final quarter of the season or so, he saw 27 receptions, 395 yards, and 36 targets. He ended up leading every single Atlanta receiver by more than 10 receptions, by 173 yards, by 10 targets. This is with Julio Jones playing. This is with a guy like Austin Hooper playing in most of those games. So you have Calvin Ridley really taking on the true alpha receiver job for the final four to five games of the season last year. His quarterback, Matt Ryan, was fantastic in this offense in terms of fantasy production, third in attempts. He was number three in red zone attempts. He was average under pressure, but it didn't matter too much when you averaged 297.7 yards per game, 26 touchdowns overall. And all of that, all of that behind the 26th ranked offensive line, which should surely improve this year after some offseason sharing up and just guys going to get back and healthy. First round pick last year ends up getting hurt very early on before season really even gets to get underway for his rookie campaign. You'll have that pick right back and ready to go this year. So this offense is going to add a Hayden Hurst. It's going to drop Austin Hooper. I think Hayden Hurst is an upgrade there, but let's just say it's a net neutral. It's going to re-sign Brian Hill, who's pretty much dust, add Todd Gurley, drop Devonta Freeman. I think Todd Gurley is an upgrade there, but not by any major margins at this point in these guys' careers, but it is a little bit of an upgrade and a little bit of a boost to the offense in my opinion. They ended up picking up some other tertiary options in terms of tight end Kerry Lee, and I believe they also were able to pick up Laquan Treadwell on the outside as sort of to be their wide receiver three. Now, Laquan Treadwell is very much known to play on the outside, so there's a good chance we see Calvin Ridley push back into the slot a little bit more, and if that's the case, I mean, the guy was absolutely elite there his rookie year, scoring touchdowns left and right out of the slot uh, when Mohamed Sanu was not in the slot, so if we see Calvin Ridley playing 30% of his snaps out of the slot, that's a huge upside. In two wide receiver sets, I assume it's going to be Julio and Calvin Ridley. But in three wide receiver sets, we'll probably get some Julio in the slot. He's not afraid to go into there, very huge matchup nightmare. But also Calvin Ridley into the slot, which is going to just make him much more of an efficient fantasy scorer. If you are not familiar, playing out of the slot as a talented wide receiver and really any wide receiver is a huge advantage. You usually get a worse cornerback against you, and you have more of the field to actually work with and use in terms of the left and the right side, as opposed to when you're lining up on the outside, you really only have one side to work with, the inside, because that that out-of-bounds boundary is almost another defender on you. So his durability since coming into the league, this is going to be his third league in the NFL after graduating from Alabama, where he averaged around a 28% target share in Alabama. It's going to be his third year, and he missed three games last year only due to an abdominal strain, the final three games of the season. His target competition is going to be none other than Julio Jones, Russell Gage out of the slot, Laquan Treadwell, and then also Hayden Hurst. Julio last year saw 79.1% snaps, 25.7% target share, 156 targets, my oh my, 99 receptions for almost 1400 yards and 12 touchdowns. Julio had a quiet year and the man went for almost 100 receptions, almost 1400 yards and 12 touchdowns. It's just absolutely ridiculous. You have Russell Gage in the slot role. He saw eight targets per game over his final six weeks last year. Granted, Calvin Ridley was out for three of those games, but still pretty impressive to see him getting that much volume. His average depth of target, his average target distance was not that much. His average yards per reception was not that much. So he's very much a traditional slot receiver, not going downfield as much as a guy like Ridley would likely do in the slot. Hayden Hurst didn't have a ton of run as being the back up to Mark Andrews, but he also got on the field a good amount, scored three touchdowns, caught 30 of his 40 targets. But the things that really stand out, he was sixth in yards per round run amongst tight ends and seventh in yards per target. Hayden Hurst was one of the most efficient tight ends in the league last year as a backup guy behind Mark Andrews, who also ranked highly in these areas. So could be a little bit of a function of the offense, play action passing, worry about Lamar a little bit, but also now you're coming into the number one passing offense from last year. It should definitely, definitely be a boost up for you. And then we sort of know what Laquan Treadwell is, a guy on the outside of burner who has some shaky type of hands, struggles with separation, but has a ton of speed. So we'll see how they sort of use him. They've had other guys in this role before that have worked out for maybe one or two big receptions a game that end to go up for 70, 80 yard touchdowns. I don't know how much they're actually going to feature Laquan 
Antoine Treadwell on plays. If anything, he'll be like the fourth option on most plays, but it's at least worth noting that he's going to be there for some target competition. So the end of the year last year, outside of the injury for Ridley, of course, is really, really encouraging. And now you have a guy taking his step from a second year wide receiver to a third year and a guy who really broke out in his rookie year. So a lot of experience out of Calvin Ridley. You get maybe more slot usage out of him and increased target share coming his way. Again, he averaged about a 17.5% target share last year, and that bumped up to over 22% over the last five games of the season. He started to become the featured option for Matt Ryan. Very, very similar. And Ian Hart had said it best. I'll put his tweet up right now. Very, very similar to Chris Godwin jumping from his second to third year last year and dominating the league. I'm not saying the exact same thing is going to happen for Calvin Ridley, but they're in very similar situations. Not the same build of a player, but similar situations. Next up on the board is Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ. And before we get into him, I want to just let you know that I have free rookie rankings down below in the description. Top five or top 50 rookies. You want to check that out. That's down below. Last year, Odell played in 16 games, but here's the kicker. He played in all 16 of those games injured because of January of 2020. He got surgery for uh, what was a sporotonia, what was a, a muscle core injury is what they were calling it. But he, he was hurt all of last season playing with a sports hernia he was still able to reduce over a thousand yards four touchdowns and 74 receptions now i think a lot of the fantasy industry and a lot of people are just kind of sketched out on odell i'm going to be as high as ever on odell he was ranked like 31st overall last year in fantasy points it was just terrible 12.6 per game was 33rd overall he was number two though in deep targets and here's all the reasons why i think he's he's really going to regress and he's going to see a huge jump forward this year and people are just going to miss out on odell i currently have him ranked as my 10th overall wide receiver in ppr redraft formats and he's going in like the fourth to fifth round right now in 10 team formats it's just absolutely ridiculous this should not be happening for Odell in my opinion he's a top 10 wide receiver so last year Odell co-led the league in drops with a guy like Randall Cobb why is that regression I don't expect Odell to lead the league in drops yet again he was second in deep targets per game only behind Kenny Galladay at 1.9 per game he was 69th in catchable targets at 74.4 percent that is not good at all and that's because they had a terrible offensive line and it really hurt Baker Mayfield well this year they improved the offensive line getting Josh Conklin from Tennessee in free agency getting Jarrett Wilkes at the overall Dedrick Wilkes at the overall 10th pick in the draft so they were 30th in protection last year that should surely only get better he had that surgery in January to repair his his muscle core injury and then this is a really interesting one he saw 13 end zone targets not red zones he was in the end zone on 13 targets that was fourth in the league he only scored three touchdowns everybody else in that department was scoring at least six touchdowns everybody else that's had at least 10 red zone touchdowns scored at least five touchdowns so this is a very interesting spot for Odell tons of stuff are just screaming out that Odell is due for regression but nobody wants to look at it because of how bad he was last year and how bad he's been since he's gotten to Cleveland and all the other stuff lots of stuff was messy last year before between the offensive line his specific injuries the head coach all of that at least right now on paper has been cured whether it's surgery getting a new coach or fixing the offensive line so Odell's durability he missed four games in his rookie season with that hamstring tear but since then he hasn't really missed anything major maybe a, a nagging injury here or there last year he played in all 16 games even though he was battling that core muscle injury and the target competition for Odell is going to be Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Kareem Hunt as sort of the main guys. And then the wide receiver three is going to have to emerge. We'll see who it is between Tywan Taylor, between Damian Ratley. Landry was the Browns and Baker's biggest weapon in 2019. 95% of the snaps saw a 28% red zone target share, 26.6% overall led the team. He had over 80 receptions for over 1,150 yards and six touchdowns, 138 total targets. He had a huge season, Jarvis Landry, last year. Austin Hooper coming from the number one passing offense experienced a top six tight end season with a 25.7% red zone target share, 18.5% overall. Saw 97 targets and brought in 75 of them, scored six 
total touchdowns. He ended up being the number six tight end in fantasy last year in just 13 games. And speaking of shortened seasons, Kareem Hunt, due to suspension, only played in eight games last year, and he still outcaught out receptions by one reception Nick Chubb last year. So he's definitely going to be involved in the passing game a good amount, more so I would expect than the running game. But he saw 37 receptions on 45 targets, 5.6 per game for three touchdowns, 285 yards last year from Kareem Hunt. So that tweet that I put out that I put out there, and feel free to follow me on Twitter at DFS. I'm going to put it up on the screen yet again. These are the reasons why I think Odell Beckham Jr. is in for a huge year. Finished 33rd overall last year. Every possible thing went wrong for Odell last year. And every, I mean, everything. You're playing hurt. Your quarterback was terrible. Your offensive line was absolutely atrocious. Your head coach is a donkey. Everything goes wrong for him. You have the worst touchdown regression you could possibly have on on Ed Zone and Red Zone targets. And he still finishes with 12.6 fantasy points per game. He still has a few games over 100 yards. So I'm just trying to say here that this guy is still talented. And if you've just looked at anything recently from Odell, all of his interviews at home while he's in quarantine right now, you don't usually see Odell coming up with positive things to say. And I'm a huge Odell fan. So I'm not trying to jump on the uh, Odell's a diva type of thing. But just in general, like he's going out of his way right now to say that this is going to be his best year yet. And we don't see that often. We see a lot of coach speak on oh, this is the best shape this guy's ever been in. But he's just genuinely seems motivated this year seems like he finally feels healthy. I'm on board as Odell is still a top 10 wide receiver for this year. And do not miss him, especially when he's falling into the third and fourth rounds of drafts right now. It's just egregious. Big old subscribe button just popped up. If you're still watching right now, if you got in any tidbit, bits of knowledge or value from this. One second, bottom right hand corner, subscribe button, like button, notification bell, smack them all while you're down there. Just beat them up. Appreciate it. So Robert Woods, Los Angeles Rams played in 15 games in his 2019 campaign. He was an absolute bowler. 93% of the snaps, Caught 90 balls for over 1100 yards, only three touchdowns on 140 targets. Ding, 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 touchdown regression. 23.4% of the target share and 13.9% of the red zone target share. He's on a team where Cooper Cup's just a red zone animal. Tyler Higby down the stretch became a red zone animal. In the red zone, they like to run the ball a good amount. So shout out Todd Gurley there a little bit. So his touchdown regression is definitely due to come, but it's not at least shocking that he didn't see a of touchdowns. He's just never been a red zone threat for this team. He was one of the most used wide receivers last year. He was sixth in the NFL in routes run. He was eighth in targets, eighth in receptions, second in yards after the catch. He was just a beast in that department with 560 total, 15.5 fantasy points per game. And he was moved around a good amount. 35% of his snaps came out of the slot. I like to see that usage. I like to see that efficiency and effectiveness and versatility really out of one of my wide receivers when I'm going to draft them. This is the biggest thing that is very appealing to me about Robert Woods. Last year, towards the final half to quarter of the season, the Rams started running a lot more 12 personnel. They started to take one of their wide receivers off the field more and put on their both Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby once Everett came back from his injury. That ended up impacting either Brandon Cooks or Cooper Cup on a good amount of the snaps. Cup was the stationary in the primary slot receiver, so he took a huge hit. Brandon Cooks, due to his injuries and just being nagging everywhere, he took a little bit of a hit. Josh Reynolds came on the field more, but Robert Wood's role never changed, hence his 93% of the snaps on the entire season. So if Cup's snaps are plummeting, and I see a lot of people ranking right now Cup ahead of Woods, and I'm actually, if I have that in mind, it's going to be switched. I'm going to have Woods right now as a top 20 wide receiver, a borderline top 15 wide receiver. Cup will be very close to him, but I just feel so much better about Robert Wood's role in this offense. He's not going to be affected as much. He's the X on this field, but also has opportunities in three wide receiver sets to move into the slot. But if the Rams definitely want to use more two tight end sets and everything they've done in the offseason is kind of yelling that they want to do that, then you're probably going to see a situation where Cooper Cup sees his snaps cut by 10, 15%. That's huge. That's a lot of production going out the window. Jared Goff in 2019, a lot of people don't, don't know this. He co-led the league in attempts, 626 total attempts. That was the co-leader. People don't really recognize that. 39.1 attempts per game. He was a fantasy darling. He was getting sacked nonstop. He was having turnovers. They had weeks where they looked absolutely abysmal. But for fantasy purposes, 289.9 yards per game, 22 touchdowns, 
third in the yards department with 4,639. And this is where it really stinks though. 20th in fantasy points per game overall, because he just had some absolute stinker weeks where he was going for like uh, low single digit points. But if we're looking at averages overall, he was an absolute beast in sustaining his wide receivers. In the offseason, they actually did a good amount with the offense. They ended up getting rid of Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley, some guys who are aging veterans, although I think they're both still in, in sort of the apex of their careers, but dealing with injury issues, contract situations that are just disgusting. So they get rid of both of them. They add some some youth to fill their spots with Van Jefferson and Cam Akers. As of right now, it does seem that Josh Reynolds will take on Brandon Cooks' role. And as of right now for Todd Gurley, it'll be a battle between Daryl Henderson Jr., Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers, with Cam Akers likely being the leading candidate right now based on draft value and just the recent decision to take another running back kind of tells you what they think of their current running backs in this past draft. Robert Wood's durability, it's, it's been better as of late, but he did miss nine games since 2013 when he was a Buffalo Bill, but he has not missed a game since the 2017 season where he missed 30 with a shoulder injury. He did miss one game last year for a personal matter. I believe it was a Thursday night football game, a death in the family, something along those lines. So his target competition is primarily going to stem from Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, and Josh Reynolds. You can throw in other guys like Gerald Everett, Van Jefferson, the rookie, potentially a little bit, depending on when OTAs come in, if he'll be involved heavily running backs. But the main three are going to be Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, and Josh Reynolds. Cup last year caught 94 balls for over 1,150 yards, 10 scores, 134 targets. The stuff that was really crazy was that he had a 29.2% red zone target share, one of the highest in the entire league. Jared Goff just loves to look at Cooper Cup, loves him a little cup of tea when he's in the red zone, getting uh, six points rather than three points in there, but 80.5% of the snaps last year for Cooper Cup. And for like the first six weeks of the season, he was playing like 100% of the snaps. So it really dropped off once they went into more two tight end sets, otherwise known as 12 personnel. And then you move into Tyler Higby, who just absolutely exploded. I'm going to put a stat up on the screen what Tyler Higby did in the final eight games of the season last year. It's going to blow your mind. Boy, oh boy, I just like sneezed three times. It blew my mind literally right there. But Tyler Higby, final eight games of the season last year. He was third in fantasy points overall for tight ends, 119.4. He was first in red zone targets, first in 100 plus yard games with four. Nobody else had four and only three. First in receptions with 51. First in targets with 64. Second in yards with 564 and tied for 10th in touchdowns with two. So a little bit of touchdown regression coming his way. He was an absolute monster, easily a top three tight end, without question, a top five tight end in the second half of the season. And because of his production and the success that they had in two tight end sets, Gerald Everett is likely going to get on the field more. So that does not bode well, like we said, for Cup, and it does bode well for Robert Woods. But man, those style Higby stats are just absolutely insane. With Brandon Cooks and his nasty contract out of town and Bill O'Brien eating that up like it's a, a big old pizza, just loving them terrible contracts this offseason. But Josh Reynolds to take on the Cooks role, right? now, but they're probably going to use more two tight end sets. Van Jefferson is out there, but I do think that Josh Henry Reynolds has a, a strong grasp on that wide receiver three role. And usually the Rams only use wide receiver threes. Maybe it's just because of the talent that they had with Cooks, Woods, and Cup, but they never really rotated in a fourth wide receiver all that much outside of towards the end of last year when they ended up seeing Brandon Cooks deal with injuries yet again. So the value in Robert Woods is absolutely insane. Like he's literally going in fifth rounds or even six rounds of NFL drafts right now in mock drafts for 12 team leagues. That is just way too low. If he's a borderline top 15 receiver, Honestly, he could be a top 10 wide receiver. I mean, we saw it pretty much last year. But if he's a borderline 15 wide, top 15 wide receiver for me this year, it's going to be really, really difficult for me to want to pass up on him uh, towards the end of the fourth round as my wide receiver two, or even in the fifth round as my wide receiver three slash wide receiver two. The value in Robert Woods this year is fantastic. He should be the only Rams player that does not experience a major role switch at the wide receiver position. When it's later in the day, I've already had my caffeine rush in, but I just want, I just want a little bit of a taste of coffee. I usually end up going with my decaf coffee while I'm even drafting some of my drafts. I get some of my DK Metcalf coffee. So give me the decaf Give me the decaf Metcalf in this situation. I am very excited for DK Metcalf this year. This man right now is going in the sixth to seventh round of fantasy drafts. 
you are looking at a guy who has the the ability in the trade 6'3", 235 pounds now in the NFL to be a true alpha number one receiver. He ran a 4'3", 340. His speed scores up there in the 99th percentile. His burst scores 97th percentile. You are looking at a borderline talent to be a top five overall wide receiver, not even after next year or two years from now, after this year. The only thing that can possibly hold him back is the fact that his offense doesn't throw a ton, but he has one of the most efficient quarterbacks in NFL history and Russell Wilson on his side. People are not giving respect enough to DK Metcalf's name right now. What he did in his rookie season was absolutely fantastic, even dealing with injury for the first four to five games of the season. He played all 16 games last year. He played on 87% of the snaps, 58 receptions for 900 yards and seven touchdowns on 100 targets. So 20.3% of the red zone share. He was number one in the league in end zone targets, 18 end zone targets last year. That percentage, 18.6% of his team's red zone end zone targets was only second behind DJ Moore. Like many rookie receivers, he started to come on in the second half of the year and he just exploded in those final few games and heading into the playoffs. Final game of 2017 actually is where he really popped off a good amount where you saw him seeing a 30% target share. He out-targeted Tyler Lockett, the quote-unquote number one receiver last year, at least going into the year. Fantasy Darling heading into the year last year. He out-targeted him by a few targets that second half of the year. You count the playoffs, he did it by a good amount. Russell Wilson in 2019 saw 256 passing yards per game, 32 attempts per game, and 31 touchdowns ranked third. He's just always a guy who will have average passing yard numbers because of the way they run the clock down, but somehow he throws a ton of touchdowns, and he did it once again last year with 31. In the offseason, this Seahawks team, for some reason, added Greg Olson. I think it's actually a fine option in fantasy, but they have Will Disley. I believe they re-signed Jacob Hollister. They just have a ton of tight ends on their team. They added some offensive line help, which they desperately need from last year. I think they added three offensive guards pieces they signed. They got rid of Josh Gordon. He kind of just left on his own. They, they lost George Fant, an offensive tackle, and Ifandi, another tackle. And then in the NFL draft, they didn't really do too much outside of just getting some offensive line help in the third round with Damian Lewis. They got DJ Dallas, a running back, who I do expect to be somewhat in the mix early on based on how many running backs they do use. Durability for DK as a rookie, he did miss no games. He had a preseason knee sprain injury that pretty much messed with him for the first uh, three to four weeks of the season. There was questions on him getting surgery for it, but he played through all of it. His target competition is primarily going to come from Tyler Lockett, Philip Dorsett, and Greg Olson. They ended up signing the speedster Philip Dorsett last year. He will be taking on that David Moore role from last year. And that really never remounted in anything. David Moore in Jerron Brown's wide receiver three role last year was just a lot of wasted targets, in my opinion. Philip Dorsett looks to at least try and fill that void. Lockett in 2019 played on a, a very whopping 92.7% of the snaps, caught over 80 balls for over 1,000 yards in eight touchdowns. He had a 27.4% red zone target share. So really like looking his way, Wilson did in the red zone, 22% overall target share on 110 targets. Dorsett with the Patriots played on 69% of the snaps. He only played in 11 games, uh, but Tom Brady loved throwing his way. He had five touchdowns on 50 four targets. That's absolutely insane. 13.1% target share while with the Patriots. And Greg Olson, as an old aging veteran tight end, still played on a ton of the snaps with the Panthers last year. 83%. He saw 81 targets, which was 15% of the team's share and 23% in the red zone. He played 14 games at Carolina, scored two touchdowns, caught 52 balls for 597 yards. So I'm very excited for DK Metcalf. Like if you're getting DK Metcalf in the sixth or seventh round of your fantasy drafts, and I think maybe he'll start to get up to like that fifth or sixth round mark, I am not joking when I say, if not by the end of this year, he's a top 10 wide receiver in two years. This is the stereotypical mold, a fast, huge wide receiver that his route progression was fantastic last year. Most rookies don't even get on the field. He got on the field right away last year after being picked at the end of the second round. Most of his routes were just down the left side of the field. I'll throw some of his route progressions on the screen right now. The first, I don't know, eight weeks of the year, which is the first half of the year for rookies, he's just running go routes down the left side of the field because they want his talent on the field. They want his physical specimen and his mismatch on the field at all times. Then the dangerous stuff happens in the final quarter of the season and into the playoffs primarily, where he starts to learn just a ton of routes in the NFL and how to 
get releases and how to get separation. And he becomes an absolute monster. Now you give this man another offseason of work, maybe not to work specifically with Russell Wilson as much, but nobody's getting that uh, time to work with their quarterbacks. But you give him another offseason of work to work on his own separation, his own route running ability. I am all in on DK Metcalf this year. And the fact that I can get a guy who I think has the upside to be a second or even first round talent production wise in the sixth or seventh round is absolutely fantastic. He's probably the overall best value in this entire video, to be honest with you. Real quick, the logo above me, Monkey Knife Fight, the promotion down below. It's a, it's a prop betting site. So you want to bet on player props, you want to get some more action down. If you put $10 into Monkey Knife Fight using a promo code Vetri or the link down below in the description, they'll give you 150% deposit match. That is $15 back. You can put it up to 50 bucks and they'll give you 100% match plus five bucks. So you put in $50, you want to get some play down. You'll actually have $105 in your account to use a Monkey Knife Fight using that code, letting them know that you came for me. So check out Monkey Knife Fight, player props, more or less over unders. If you think Anthony Miller, the man on the screen right now, is going to have more than 52.5 yards like they have on there and smash that over, win some money if you think it's going to be less because he's facing a good cornerback. He's playing injured like he has been, whatever it might be, smash that under, make some money. So check it out, Monkey Knife Fight, link down below if you want to use the link or just use the promo code Fetri over there. You get 100% deposit match up to $50 and an extra free $5. What are you waiting for? Just go get it now before that offer runs out. Let's get back into this video. My final must draft wide receiver is going to be Anthony Miller. And this is a guy that you can get in like the 15th, 16th round, or maybe even the final rounds of your, your drafts this year. He played in all 16 games last year, played on 66.5% of the snaps, caught 52 balls, 656 yards, two touchdowns on 85 targets. It was 15% of the share. Uh, Sal, that's so mediocre. What are you talking about? Well, here's where it really came in. Similar to Calvin Ridley, similar to DK Metcalf. Miller entering into his third year. Last year, you saw in his final eight games, 67.8% of his yardage came in the second half of the year and 70% almost 69.2% of his receptions came in the second half of the year, the final eight games. So what that tells you is he really started to come on. And this is a guy who's never really played a season healthy. He only missed one game in 2018 with a shoulder injury, but he played hurt for most of that season. In 2018, he had shoulder surgery, which ended up being a three to four month recovery time. In 2019, he had to repair that shoulder uh, with another repair surgery, which took four to six months. So this guy's always just been playing hurt with this shoulder. Is it completely healed yet? I mean, I hope after two surgeries that it is and a ton of time off and months off and almost a year off in, in recovery time between these two years, but uh, we're going to have to find out. But if he is, you started to see that production come at the end of last year, and it really came in a major way. And now you're telling me that noodly arm, floppy old noodly arm out there, Mitchell Trubisky is maybe not going to be out there anymore. His 34.4 attempts per game, only 209.2 yards per game and just 17 touchdowns. He was 27th when pressured. You're telling me that Nick Foles might come in, which is not a major upgrade, and maybe it's not even an upgrade, although I think it is, but just get me Mitchell Trubisky out of there to at least help Anthony Miller, who was running out of the slot, who was running on the outside, who was being motioned on jet sweeps. It was just being used all around the field. In the offseason, they ended up adding Jimmy Graham, Ted Ginn Jr., Trevor Davis. So there is some some wide receiver competition, but those guys in Ted Ginn, old guy, Trevor Davis, these are burners that'll be on the outside. They'll be firmly behind Anthony Miller, in my opinion. They got a ton of tight ends for whatever reason. They even got Demetrius Harris, a former uh, Cleveland Brown, a former Kansas City Chief tight end, who's not really much of a pass catcher. So loads of tight ends, I think 10 on this roster. Miller stands out pretty firmly right behind Allen Robinson as the second best receiving option on this entire team. Now his target competition, overall is going to mainly stem from Allen Robinson, some from Tariq Cohen, their pass catching lethal weapon on the backfield. Then you'll have Jimmy Graham, you'll have Cordell Patterson, Ted Ginn, whoever takes on that third wide receiver role. So Allen Robinson in 2019 was a monster, 153 targets. He was just getting targets thrown his way uh, nonstop. 30% of the red zone targets. He was, a, he was an absolute man among boys. He was a magnet in the red zone for targets, 27% share. Uh, just quarterbacks know how good he is and bad quarterbacks know how good he is and he still makes them look half decent. 98 receptions for over 
1,100 yards in seven touchdowns. Jimmy Graham with the Packers in 2019 played on 55% of the snaps. Being dusty as ever, he caught 38 balls on 63 targets, only 11.5% target share. Pretty uh, gross overall. 11.8 yards per reception was 12th among tight ends, which is not as bad, but he was just never, never out there. He started the year off nicely against Anthony Miller's Bears, scoring a touchdown, the only touchdown of the game last year to open the season. Thursday night football, Bears and Packers. But then after that, he was pretty much just a cloud of dust, which he has been for really the last two to three years. And then Tariq Cohen, the pass catching running back threat, played on around 50% of the snaps last year. 104 targets, got 79 of them for three touchdowns, 16.6% of the target share. So you're telling me that the value, and that's the biggest thing, the value in Anthony Miller right now is that I can get him in the final rounds of my draft for a guy who's going to be a clear wide receiver too with a quarterback improvement coming and a guy who in the final eight games of the season saw 70% of his production with the arrow pointing up as he's finally healthy. Yeah, give me that upside as opposed to a backup tight end, as opposed to a third string quarterback, as opposed to a defense or a kicker. Give me that upside in that receiver. I'll throw out two quick honorable mentions in Preston Williams in Miami and Christian Kirk with Arizona. Everybody thinks because DeAndre Hopkins is now in Arizona that Christian Kirk is dead. Is, is Was Will Fuller not a thing, right? Was Will Fuller not a valuable weapon uh, for us in daily fantasy sports or fantasy sports, even with Hopkins out there? I don't understand. Christian Kirk's a guy who just broke out and now everybody jumps off of him because Hopkins is going there. Why can't Christian Kirk sustain very strong wide receiver two numbers? I, I'm very I'm very confused as to why people are just jumping off of Christian Kirk right now. I think he's a very sneaky value wide receiver target. So I appreciate you tuning into this video. Big old subscribe button is about to pop up. I appreciate if you hit that. Let me know the question of the day, Alan Robinson or Kenny Galladay down below. If you want to get access to my draft guide, it's going to be coming out shortly. You want to get email updates on that down below in the description. You can sign up for email notifications for when my draft guide comes out. It might already be down there if you're watching this later into the summer. So check it out down below. Check out my free rookie rankings and everything else I have to offer down there. Get your free money over on Monkey Knife Fight. What are you waiting for? Promo code Vetri. Go get your 100% deposit match plus $5 over there right now. So I appreciate you tuning into this video. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Stay safe, everybody out there, and I will see you all in the next one.